I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes. Hey everybody, welcome back, Forge Your Path podcast, episode number 26. Uh, and it's just funny how life goes sometimes, and this was obviously not planned at all, but sure enough, uh, when life throws different experiences in front of you, you, you got to capture the magic. And so once again, I've got another travel story for you, and hopefully it's my last in a while, but Hey, again, I, I can't necessarily plan what's going to happen next in life. And that's part of this journey. It's part of this podcast is embracing the experiences that come in front of you and figuring out what you can learn from it. You know, what can I learn from this experience? So I'm going to share that today and what I'm calling my 24-hour test. So here's what happened. Recently, I went on a work trip to Jackson Hole, and it was a fantastic couple of days never been out that part of the country. And if you haven't been, I mean, it's absolutely magnificent. Uh, you know, this is the Rocky Mountains at its finest. So got a chance to spend a couple of great days uh, really exploring Jackson Hole, getting out to Idaho, uh, doing some hiking, getting up to the top of a mountain, got to do some clay shooting for the first time ever, really cool, round of golf, and great couple of days. So after that, I'm fired up to be able to get home to the family because as much as this was a great trip, uh, I love my family. So when I'm gone for a couple of days, I just can't wait to get back and uh, hug my wife and daughters and, and get back in the flow, get back in the routine, especially since this has been kind of a stretch where I've been away from home quite a bit in the last month, which is uncharacteristic. So check out of my hotel at 11 a.m., and I've got a couple hours before I'm getting picked up to go to the airport. So I'm reading my, reading my book, um, just doing some journaling and have a beautiful couple of hours. One o'clock, I get picked up, get a ride to the airport, have a really cool conversation with uh, the driver who's telling me more Jackson Hole history. And as a former history teacher, I learned a lot of stuff. Um, first woman mayor in the country came from Jackson. Uh, other really cool aspects. First, all women's council. Uh, really neat history that he was sharing with me. So have a nice time. I'm taking a connecting flight and uh, again, have some time to read and chill in the airport a little bit. And I land and now I'm waiting for my connecting flight to go from Denver back to Newark. So it's about 445 and I've got an hour until my next leg. And I'm going to be getting home probably about 1130 at night, which is pretty late. But this was the best itinerary available. So I land. And as I'm landing, I decide, let me pick up the phone. Let me check out what my status is. And I see in big red letters staring back at me, canceled. So here we go. Now... When these kind of things happen, um, you know, number one is in terms of a lesson and something I'm really trying to embrace is the concept of full acceptance. And it's interesting where you pull other things from other parts of life that can translate here. And, and so uh, one thing that I, I rediscovered was back about a month prior when I was in Kiowa. And I'm having a dreadful round on the ocean course over there. Uh, this caddy says, 
you know, if you, if you read Dr. Bob Rotella, which I have, there's quite a concept, which is really extraordinary. And he talks about the reason most people struggle with their golf game is they're never in full acceptance of the shot they just made. So if you duck hooked one out of bounds or you, you three putted the green or you took two or three shots to get out of a bunker, you're still hanging on to that negative emotion. And that might carry into the next shot, might carry into the next hole, could carry into the whole next part of the round. So what I tried to challenge myself to do was, uh, for some reason that popped in my head when I saw it canceled. So within seconds, I let it go. And I didn't think about why it got canceled. And, and despite the fact there was things circulating in my mind about this particular airline and airports and this industry in general, I let it go. So that was step number one. Now, step two is attack the problem, right? I need to solve the problem. And again, I get out of the plane and I get online at the customer success desk at United and it's about a hundred deep. And I know I've got a long wait. And at the same time, they gave us these informational cards to, you can scan, you can call, you can text somebody. So I decided to, to essentially uh, walk down both paths. I didn't know which was going to happen first because I could be looking at a 45 minute wait online. I could be waiting for a two hour phone call. But fortunately I call up and guess what? I get right through. And 15 minutes later, I have solved the first problem. And my, my best option, and yes, this was the best option, was to now take another flight to land in San Antonio at 11.30 p.m. And then a connecting flight from San Antonio, six and a half hours later, leaving at 6 a.m., that would get to Newark at about 10.45 a.m. That was the best option. So, you know, when life throws you these curveballs, I think that this is just a great aspect of just trying to be in full acceptance of what just happened because being irate about this flight cancellation wasn't going to do me much good. You got to solve the first problem. And fortunately, um, waiting on the phone call got me something. And then I decided just to kind of continue on the line to make sure because you never know over the phone. Sure enough, I confirmed about half an hour later when I arrived at the desk, they did not have a seat confirmation for me. It was only a tentative hold. So I got a boarding pass and now I'm confirmed on both flights. Great. So now what do I do? Now it's about seven o'clock PM and, and I've got some time here to figure out I have an hour and a half before the flight. And, and you know, what do I do? And I think I mentioned in my last podcast, I've, I've been, been reading David Goggins lately. So I'm reading Can't Hurt Me. And he had a concept that I really liked about being uncommon. And I thought, wouldn't being uncommon in this case, could I not only be net neutral for this experience and, and, and let go of the natural negativity of everything that goes with the flight delay and the uncertainty? Could I actually be not just net neutral, could I somehow embrace this experience and turn it into a net positive? So I took it upon myself to make this a 24 hour challenge that I'm gonna get home at 11 a.m. tomorrow and I will have left that hotel at 11 a.m. on Saturday. So let's see what I can do 
in this 24 hour stretch and game on. So that was, that was the challenge I issued to myself and here's the rest of the story. So I then thought, Hey, let's take inventory. What, what can I do to put me in position to be in the best spot possible and to be strategic about using this 24 hours? Because again, it's one thing just on discipline and will to say, I'm going to be positive. And it's quite another to make the right choices to put yourself in a position of success. So that's what I did. I decided to go and see my assets. Well, fortunately, I have my glasses. Key. I had a backup contact case, also key, because I figured when I do catch sleep, I don't want to be sleeping with my contact lenses and get all dried out. I had a fleece, thank goodness, because you never know different temperatures in the airport or on an airplane. I at least have one layer, which is a good thing. I had my computer with me, so I knew I could get some work done. Um, had a charger with me, which is also great, because at this point, the cell phone is probably the most valuable asset for a communication tool to be in tune. All those were thumbs up. Flip side was didn't really have any water with me and didn't have anything else in, with regard to comfort. Didn't also have any snacks. So I got my first ever neck pillow from the airport, got some water, got a couple RX bars, and now I'm in business. Um, the other strategic piece was this. Part of my instinct was, man, would I love to just go get a bacon cheeseburger, and I'm walking around and I'm hungry now. And I'm seeing every fast food place in the joint. There's Shake Shack calling my name. There's Voodoo Donut. I would love to go pound about a half a dozen of those. There's five airport bars. Wouldn't it be great to just go pound a couple beers and, and drown my, my sorrows in this experience? But I thought, you know what? Be strategic. I got to preserve my assets. And what's one of my assets? My energy. Because I think at this point, you realize in a situation like this, we walk around in our daily lives with this illusion of control. You know, we think that we can control everything in our environment. And here's the actual truth. I think we can't control anything. There's an illusion of control. What I do think we can do is we can influence the heck out of different things. We can have an impact based on strategic choices. The only thing we can control is right here. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm talking about my mind. I'm talking about my attitude. That's the only thing we can truly control. So with all that in mind, I thought, let me get a decent meal, be a little conservative. Uh, I ended up sitting down at a place called Snooze. They had some breakfast food. I had a lovely bravocado toast, which was uh, toast with uh, avocado and some uh, sunny side up eggs. Delicious. And, uh, and that put me in a good spot. I decided just to drink water and I indulged myself with a Diet Coke just because I figured I might need a little energy that would be extra during this time. So get on the plane, we get to San Antonio and now it's, it's a little bit after midnight. And, uh, and so again, settling in and now I'm thinking, great, we've got five hours and 20 minutes so we board at 5.20 a.m. So as I'm sitting down, and, and I'm, I'm getting settled in, get another curveball. At 12.30, a security guard comes over and says, excuse me, guys, uh, we're closing down this terminal. So again, for about 20 seconds, um, I'm kind of questioning, I'm frustrated, like 
All I want to do is just sit there and be able to be at peace. But they explained that we're going to have to go out. We're now allowed to come back through security again. They're going to have us go through TSA again at 3.30 a.m. So again, for about 15, 20 seconds, I just feel that temperature rising. And I think 24-hour test. What can I control? My attitude. So flush it and let it go. Go outside. And again, time to be strategic. So I hunt around on that floor and there are no outlets anywhere. I go down a level and I search the chairs and I find one rack of chairs that has the outlets underneath it. And I think, well, great. I can still charge my phone. So at this point now, it's after one in the morning and, and what am I going to do? And there were just a couple more lessons from this time period that I just had to share, which is, which is really where I think I really was committed to telling this story. Because yeah, on the one hand, this could just be a travel event around uh, railing against the airports and, and just this unfortunate scenario. But again, this is about a lesson. This is about what I learned from the experience. And as I settled in and sat in the chair here and, and charged my phone to, to catch my breath, I realized I looked around a little bit. And what I saw was there's a whole host of people whose jobs are the night shift. And of course, I know this intuitively. Of course, I know that there are people that work at night. But when you see that up close, man, it really makes you stop and think. You've got night staff, custodians, cleaning bathrooms. You have night security just sitting there at a desk, um, fighting to stay awake. You have other airport personnel just working about. Um, there's outdoor maintenance crews doing some night work. And I just thought... God bless these people who are working these jobs and not in a way that, that puts me in any position where I feel as though my job is superior to them or that I'm better than them in any way. Rather, I just felt really grateful for the opportunities that I have. I have the opportunity that when my kids go to bed at night, I can put my head down the pillow at night. When I wake up in the morning, I have the ability to wake up first and I get to, to greet them when they wake up with full energy and, and with the sun shining and the day starting. These, these folks are working the night shift. And when they do come home to their families, I can only imagine what kind of gas they have left in the tank from an energy perspective of just being present and full in their lives. So I just thought, hey, this experience just highlighted that for me of just being grateful for the little things that I have that I take for granted every day. So now we're, you know, we're kind of in the, in the one thirty and after range. And now I've got a couple hours and I think, well, what am I going to do? I've got to stay awake. And, and it hit me that, you know, this is a chance to flip the script. So usually on a Sunday, um, I'm doing some work to get the week started sending out meeting invites to my team to get things organized, getting my Monday message prepared for our sales team kickoff every week for about 50 people. And uh, I thought, well, rather than wait till Sunday to do this, here's an opportunity. So what did I do? Took out my laptop. I cranked out some work for about an hour and a half. And I felt really grateful that all of a sudden I had to jump on the week. I found an hour and a half back that I wouldn't have normally had at this time of the day. So of course it wouldn't have been my chosen path 
to be awake at, at 1.30 on a Sunday morning and working till 3 a.m. But guess what? The opportunity was here. So now all of a sudden, I'm going into my Sunday with a net positive because I've had the chance to flip the script on that. I also had the chance to talk to a lot of interesting people. And, and I normally wouldn't get a chance to do that. And so I had some really interesting conversations. Uh, one guy I met who was also coming back from, from his travels, he happened to be going through Alaska and Seattle and, and ultimately was landing in Newark, found out that he had a daughter that was also a lacrosse player, um, went to Vanderbilt, then went to grad school, and now is actually being recruited for the 2026 Olympic bobsled team. Uh, and now I've got somebody to follow when I'm looking at the 2026 Olympics. So all of these possibilities would never have happened if we weren't in this situation where I'm stuck in an overnight connector. So was it my chosen path? Of course not. But when you get in these situations, why would you not take advantage and take that opportunity to turn it into a positive somehow? This is part of my 24 hour challenge and I was committed to doing that. So fortunately when, when, uh, hours were ticking down. I got through TSA. And as a last strategic decision, I had a United Club pass and decided to preserve that asset and not use it on Saturday night. So Sunday morning at 4 a.m. when the United Club opened, I got a chance to ease in, get some breakfast, sit in, in a comfortable chair and, and ride it out until it was time to board. So a couple hours later, of course, we boarded the plane, took off smoothly, got a little bit of sleep on the plane, and landed in Newark. So now I'm excited. It's about 10.45. I'm going to get my bags, get home, can't wait to hug my family, and get to the baggage carousel. And guess what? I think you know where this is going. My bags don't come out. So now it's a little bit after 11 o'clock, and, and man, I just feel that temperature rising. My face is getting flushed and, and the patience that I'd harnessed for the prior 24 hours is quickly going. And now I know I've got to go back online one more time with customer success. I've got to then have one more customer success interaction and, and I'm delayed here. And I just felt myself just starting to boil. And at that moment, something just hit me. And I doubled over and I just started to laugh. And I laughed for about 20 seconds because, you know, how the hell can you do anything but laugh? I mean, the absurdity of this circumstance, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, hey, you know what? I guess my 24-hour test is now a 25-hour test. So after a, a patient's testing, additional 30 minutes of waiting for my turn in line, going through and having the customer success person type slowly and work through and look for my bags. We finally got things done. I got in my car at around 1130, got my ride home, uh, and, and I arrived home at noon. So, of course, again, my 24-hour test I was prepared for. I wasn't ready for bonus time, but that's what, that's what the day entailed. Um, at the moment of recording this podcast, I'm still waiting for my bags six days later, and uh, it, it's been an enduring test. So I just wanted to be able to share that experience with you for a couple of reasons. Look, certainly I'm not a travel guide. 
and and this isn't preparing you for future travel, but guess what? Life's full of curveballs. And I know you, that you know that intuitively. Uh, I know logically you may not think about it that often, uh, but every day you're going to have these little tests. Every day these little unexpecteds are going to happen. I know that some people like to live their lives to say, my day was great until dot, dot, dot. Oh, I was having such a great day and then this happened. I was having such a great day and then this person said this thing to me. I was having such a great day and then someone cut me off in traffic. Well, guess what? Every day you should expect adversity, not because you should project negativity, but the unexpected will happen. You cannot and will not control everything in your life and have it be that perfect positive day that you envisioned. What can you control? You can control your attitude. And it showed me that um, I am a very typically impatient person. And guess what? I'm great when I'm a, I'm a calm ship on a smooth sea and conditions are going well. But what do you do when life throws you a storm? What are you made of when the unexpected strikes? And I realized through this experience, it was just a call to me to raise myself up and to find another level because not every day is going to be a calm sea. And the more and more we can embrace life and its unexpected challenges and have that opportunity to just readjust in the moment, take full acceptance of what's just happened, solve the problem in front of you, and then be strategic going forward, you have the ability to come out net positive if you can stay present, flip the script, control your attitude, and yeah, remember to laugh once in a while when you get these curveballs. So again, whether it's a travel snafu that may hit you in the future, whether it's the person that cuts you off in traffic, the interaction at work that maybe didn't go as planned, or something on the home front that uh, maybe maybe it's a home issue or, or a, a, another uh, interactive family problem that, that pops up that you didn't expect. If you can take a moment to be present and be in full acceptance of what's happening, I think you've got a fighting chance to not just navigate through and do okay and preserve the best of yourself, but to turn life's curveballs into net positives. So that's my 24-hour test. Thank you for listening. Again, just so grateful for everybody out there sharing the message and spreading this podcast. If you liked it, please continue to share with other people as we grow this community and continue to spread the message. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.